baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. And welcome in. It's Second Amendment Radio of the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox here. Uh, my partner, Bo Matthews, uh, in along as well. And, of course, uh, producer Carl Middleman handling the music this Why? Morning. Why would I play this for you, Mark? Because uh, by the time you hear this, I will have, uh, I'll be a little deaf having listened to Samuel Hagar. And George Thurgood. <laughs> and George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Uh, did I miss something? Uh, where's my ticket? Oh, I'm sorry. You should have got. You, hey, I've had these tickets for months. You should. He bought them. Got announced. I he bought these tickets. He didn't even get them for the birthday party. Yeah. Is this a traveling show or no? No, it's Casey's 55th birthday party, and Mark is there to enjoy the festivities. And they just it just oh. so happened to coincide with the fact that Sammy Hagar and the Circle are touring the whole country right now, and uh, he is one of my favorite artists. So. That's who I go see all the, the world time. knows. Whenever he's in town. The world knows. I know. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I mean, I brought this up the other day, and I think it's important because I go to a lot of old guy rock shows. That's fine. Um, Sammy <laughs> Hagar, what, what this band represents spans a su- such a great variety of music um, because you've got Sammy, who is a solo artist. He was with Montrose. He's now with the chicken. He was with Chicken Foot. Yep. He's now with the Circle. He plays with Michael Anthony, who he played with in Van Halen, who was one of the founding members of Van Halen. So it's like seeing one half of Van Halen and then Sammy Hagar and Montrose all at the same time. Well, you got to love a great Sammy concert. I've been to one, but uh, as many of uh, now, do you have a count on how many times you've seen him? Um, I I don't know. I I've probably seen him Come at on. least six or seven times. I would guess. And and oh, how it many, sounds like it's been more. Did you ever see him with Van Halen? I did. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, so I didn't. Those, I'm not those counting count those. those I'm just talking about individually. So yeah, I might have, have you, seen him have ten you, times now. Have you been At to least. Cabo for his birthday party? No, it's on my bucket <laughs> list. On. It's on my bucket list, but He's it never going. it never works out well. I am going to Cabo, just not in October. So it'll be fun. So I figured you'd have like tattooed hash marks on your forearm of how many shows you've been. Okay, let me take it one step further. Have you met the man, and if so, how many times? I have met him once. I got to go about five years ago. In fact, when that, when the that other radio station we were talking about had uh, its fiftieth uh, birthday party, I got to go out there, and I got to go to the meet and greet before the concert. So I got to get a picture with him. I was I was very happy. He's very short. So like you. Are, <laughs> so how long did you stand old. next to him? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe a minute. By the time you know, what? we chatted with him and we stood up there for a minute or so and got a picture, and then it was over. It's very brief. It, I, it is. It's a. Go ahead, Carl. Sorry. I used to have his phone number. Wow. Come on. Used to. 
Yeah, I'm sure Sammy Hagar wow. <laughs> changes his phone number probably once every six months or so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've got to I've got to say that uh, you know a lot of people think oh you got to go backstage, a lot of people think man you get to hang out with the band and party before and after the show, and it's just I hate to to squash that dream <laughs> of what people imagine what backstage is, whether it's Sammy Hagar, Garth Brooks, Brooks and Dunn. actually Garth's a unique situation, but uh, it's like four seconds boom picture gone you, they push you off um but obviously you you got to hang out for a whole minute with him so well i'm 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 estimating it was a minute um and it's also when you go backstage it's a whole bunch of sitting around waiting it's not like you have something to do the entire time you're waiting for the artist and it takes a long time right. for them to you you wait more than you see them we're 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 kind of poo-pooing the the significance of it though it's a big deal to get to go backstage but if you haven't sure. if you have it in your mind that you're back there slamming shots with Hanging them before out. the concert starts that's not what happens if i think is what both say <laughs> that they just get that but out of your head so yeah it is weird though because sometimes the same faces are backstage every <laughs> single year how did you get back that i mean if me. you're if I can, yeah. <laughs> you're just at the gate. Um, yeah. So anyway, well, good, good deal. I hope you have a great time. Uh, and you had to pay for these tickets. What a shame. No, well, he wanted good maybe. seats. I he wanted, wanted to good ensure. Seats. I didn't want some freebie somewhere, you know, that I was going to be out on the lawn. He didn't want to uh, be in row 20. He wanted you. to be in row five. I wanted to be up close. So that's right. Are we, are we poo-pooing concert tickets, radio stations give away? Are we doing that too? <laughs> he wanted to ensure he was up close. Yes. And that, the understood. only way to do that is to pay for them, for sure. Exactly. I didn't pay exactly. $600 like the people in the front row, <laughs> uh, but I was somewhere south of that. So let's put it that way. Well, you hang out long enough, buddy, and uh, this government might be able to reimburse you for your concert oh, ticket purchases. What if my concert <laughs> ticket budget identified as a student loan? <laughs> you know, probably not a far stretch. <laughs> I'm just saying, one of these days we get the right person in office, uh, they can do something for me. Because I paid as I went, uh, along with the help of my parents, and didn't come out of college with any debt. So, you know, good for me, but for the people I know who whose parents set aside money, they worked hard, extra jobs, paid twenty, fifteen, twenty thousand a year for the kid to go to college, the kid comes out debt-free... Those parents aren't getting that money back. So if you're responsible, think, you're punished. I, th I, th I think this may be a campaign uh, plan. I'm going to run for president. I'm going to reimburse all concert ticket purchases <laughs> for the country. What do you think of that? Vote for Pedro. That's what I say about that. I'm going to get a shirt that says, <laughs> vote for Pedro Bo. My goodness. Okay. It's well, good. uh, okay. Silly, <laughs> silly stuff, uh, fun stuff. It was a crazy week uh, in the news, obviously. And uh, let's uh, go back to Texas. Uh, they are calling this a not a class, but a mass lawsuit, a class mass action. Uh, the lawyers of a lot of the parents are going to be suing several, several uh, entities, including the manufacturer of the AR-15 style rifle, which was uh, Daniel Defense. Uh, had you heard this story? Because this, to, you know, it, it is horrifying what happened. My goodness. It no, was horrifying it on is. every single level. Yeah, of course it is. But, but sh shame on the ambulance chaser lawyers who are involved uh, in this. Shame on them. This is the same group of people that went up after uh, the shooting uh, uh, in Sandy Hook, and they sued Remington, who had made the rifle that this kid stole from his mother before he killed her. He right, stole the right. gun that was locked in a safe. 
and killed his own mother with it before he went and, and, and killed uh, the children at that school. Uh, and they sued Remington, and some left-wing crazed judge let the lawsuit go through. Uh, they're no more responsible for that than Ford is for a drunk driver. It's th- This is a backdoor attempt to somehow strike at gun manufacturers and people who support the Second Amendment. That's all it is. And the, and it's a shame that they can get away with this stuff. Uh, it, Uvalde was a horrible tragedy, but that's that's exactly what it was. It could have uh, been fixed if the, if the officers down there had gone in sooner. That police chief lost his job at the Uvalde uh, School District this week. Long overdue. He's been suspended since July while they've been investigating him. They finally fired him. Uh, but th- again, this gets back to having to find somebody to blame when the blame is on the person who put their finger through the trigger guard and pulled the trigger. That's who's to blame. Yeah, mental illness has never spoke about Mark, and I, I will say this: this is this is what's crazy about this uh, because it is so tough to change or alter Second Amendment laws. Uh, they're going to be going after. They're going to pick off each of these manufacturers if they can because Daniel Defense, great company, big company, but not a Remington company, not a Remington size company, I would say. Uh, this lawyer is seeking, I don't know if you saw this, $27 billion for the families uh, in the compensation. So, you know, he's going to get his probably uh, pro bono, uh, you know, kickback from that. But $27 billion, how is that? How is that going to going to How is that going to help the parents and the families? It's not going to bring uh, the kids back. It's not. It's not. I, I told you the the people behind this don't care about the kids or the families. They care about trying to circumvent the Second Amendment. Uh, they, these are the same people that want to uh, regulate bullets and you know make you you know put 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 uh, serial numbers on bullet casings so they can try to go back and track and figure out where they came from i mean it, it, these are the same people that want a gun registry uh it, it's not right. the parents down there doing this it's lawyers taking advantage of a situation and deciding that they're going to uh you know get to they're going to get money out of this somehow and the lawyers and, will get a huge you... huge amount to pay too so it's a shame yeah and if you've been if you've been following if anybody's been following this story, chances are you probably have seen the video of the law enforcement in the hallways. Yes, as yes. fire as shots were being fired, it's horrifying. It's you know it's over an hour long, um, and there's there's obviously got to be something to done. A lawsuit is not going to fix this situation. More training um, and and having the right people uh, behind the badge to to defend our children. And like some states are doing, North Carolina, they, they had uh, some school districts that are you know actually putting AR-15s in the locker box uh, that in case something does happen, they have access to that. And then I found out that there's actually quite a few schools that have that kind of uh, armament uh, for events like this that nobody's really talking about. You've heard that? Not nearly enough. Not every, every school should have that. Uh, but uh, you're not going to get past the crazy liberal administrators and school board members who are, didn't grow up with guns and they're scared of them and uh, they just they just don't see the common sense in that. Hey, here's another story bef- uh, I wanted to get to real quick. This week, I don't know if you knew this or not, the federal law went into place imposed by the Biden administration. The, the, the rule went into place. It's not a law. It's a federal rule, which means the evil 
ghost guns, which most law enforcement members will tell you are not a problem to begin with, but because they needed to make it seem like they did something, they put a rule into effect, and a couple of judges allowed it to go into effect now after some challenges. That means if you have a ghost gun, a kit that allows people to assemble homemade firearms, it now has to have a serial number on it. Well, first of all, this is not like you go buy a kit and put a gun together at home that you have to have a milling machine. You have to have the right equipment. You have to know what you're doing. I couldn't do it. I'm a gun enthusiast and I, I couldn't buy one of these kits and fully assemble a weapon. So this is not something that armed criminals are going out and using. It's just easier to buy one that's already assembled. Uh, but the Biden administration had to feel like they did something. And now this rule is in effect that if you get one of these, you have to go through, you know, a, a serial number and a background check and all that stuff. It's it just it, more more ado about nothing. It doesn't get to the the problem at all. Is this an executive order that's already in place? Yep. He, he put the rule in the federal rule governing ghost guns took effect to Wednesday. So it's, it's so it's it's a it's a serial number that will be on the parts that you purchase to build one of these homemade guns. Correct. correct. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the wow. the problem. Well, that's going to help uh, the crime. Uh-huh. That's going to yeah. help the crime in the big cities. Thanks. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So a lot, like lots going burger. on with that this week. Uh, coming up. Did you read the story about the 13 year old dog? that was discovered deep in a cave, and nobody's quite sure how she got there, but we're going to talk to the two cavers, uh, great guys, who happened to be in there when she was discovered and saw to it that she was brought back to her owners. That's coming up in I, just a couple of minutes. I think they might like to. I think they might like to be called spelunkers. We'll have no, to find no, out. No, 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 no. That 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 you, you got that all wrong. We'll we'll let them uh, we'll let them figure that out. <laughs> they, they weren't sensitive about that at all. Uh, we'll we'll ask them here in a minute uh, when we get back on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Get on the phone, call them all your friends. Tell them it's going to be alright. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors with Mark Cox, Bo Matthews, and Carl Middleman. Carl the Intern. Hi. Hi. And this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. They continue the final push on AR August. If you have an AR, no matter where you got it, uh, they would love to help you accessorize it to the way you like. AR August continues through the month. So uh, check them out and uh, find directions and uh, go see them at Razorback Armory. Go to RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them I sent you in. And this segment, uh, this story just, it, it really broke my heart because I've had, we've all had maybe animals that get lost. We had a cat get lost for like eight days and 
when they showed up, it was like, what in the world? We thought they were gone forever. Uh, Rick Haley and Jerry Keene found a dog in the Perryville Cave. The dog was 13 years old, and it was found by these cavers uh, back on August 6th. And the, the story just touched me. Welcome to the show. We want to hear all about the rescue. Uh, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. Terrific. So, what the heck were you what What the heck were you doing in the cave? Um, well, so Gary, take it. Well, we're cavers. That's what we do. We're going cave. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we, we had a special. Uh oh, he might be in a cave now. Yeah, are you in a cave right now? Because the phone just dropped out. <laughs> it, it was a project day, and uh, the trip that I was on. Uh, where the dog was, uh, we were uh, doing a particular project in that in that cave. Right. It and was, what was the project? What what do cavers do? Are, are you technically a spelunker? Is that is that the uh, the technical term? We prefer the term cavers. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what's the difference? <laughs> cavers save spelunkers. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, so cavers are professionals. In a way, you could say that, I guess. We, we kind of have the right equipment and the training and, and that sort of thing. Take take it a lot more seriously than just pure recreational. Oh, nice, nice. So, so you, so what kind of project do you go in and uh, make sure the 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 trails are marked, or what? What do you do in these caves and his projects? Well, I'll let Rick take that because he does a lot more project caving than I do. Yeah, so it boils down to a group of volunteers who go in and survey, map, cartography, biomonitoring, geology, um, that sort of thing, and create uh, a resource management tool for the owners of the caves, whoever that may be. Nice. And uh, is this the first time you've uh, found an animal? Uh, In this case, it's a dog. Have you ever found a wild animal in there? Because I've I've gone to some caves and I enjoy. I love caves. I think it's amazing. Uh, Even even the you know the the cheesy Merrimack caverns. I I love going in there uh, just to go through the the thing. But what other animals have you found in your years of caving? Well, okay, so we do find wild animals from time to time. They're you know um, they're using the cave. Uh, we also find, you know, dogs. Uh, we we had a friend who uh, rescued a duck not too long ago. It's not my first <laughs> dog rescue. I've done it before. Uh, oh wow! Caves are caves are natural animal traps sometimes. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. And th- this particular case uh, ca- kind of set this up for us. Um, is the Perryville Cave open to the public? Uh, no, it is not. It's. Uh, privately owned cave by the Missouri Cave and Karst Conservancy. It's a 24-mile system right now. Uh, it is, it wow. is currently being resurveyed, um, and so it is by uh, appointment, and you have to be kind of vetted for this thing because it is somewhat technical. Uh, the cave does flood, and you can get lost very easily. So, so a spelunker like Bo probably shouldn't go in there. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, so it does take a certain level of skill, um, and so, um, you know, it, it's not unheard of that new people go in. As a matter of fact, I've got a few trips coming up with people who have never been in a cave, and so it needs to be guided. Yes. So yeah. how far yeah. were you into this cave, guys, uh, when you found Abby, the dog? Uh, Gary, can you take that? Absolutely. Uh, we, we were about 20 minutes 
into the cave. Uh, in caving terms, you usually talk in time because uh, it's kind of hard to tell distance. <laughs> so, so we were about 20 minutes into the cave uh, when the children with our group came across the dog and told the trip leader, their dad, that there was a there's a dog there. Wow. wow. And that must That's have been so cool. Yeah, I was going to say that must have been a shock. What kind of shape what kind of shape was the dog in? I mean, kind of describe that area to us. Is there a, a, a cave opening that you walk into or do you have to climb down into it? How, how do you get in there? Uh, well, yeah, that entrance was not easy that we went into. It's a very technical entrance. Uh, you've got to go through a belly crawl uh, and then into another belly crawl, which is about a 30 degree angle. Then you kind of get into a corkscrew thing where you're climbing down to this corkscrew thing. And then it's it's a lot of fun for about 15 minutes or so, a lot of climbing, crawling. Uh, where we found Abby, we had just got into the walking passage, meaning you could stand up and you could walk. And, and she was just curled up uh, on the mud bank there. And uh, yeah, the cave's pitch black, so all of a sudden these people with light come by, and all she could do was just lift her head up and look at us. Oh, uh, you know, she didn't make any effort to try to stand up or any verbal command. She just could look at us. Did so, her tail start wagging? No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh. Hmm. In two months, she was down there, they say. But well, she was missing for two months. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, it's it's crazy because I just watched the movie Thirteen Lives. I don't know if you know. I I don't think cops watch cop shows, but do cavers watch caving shows? Because Thirteen Lives was an amazing movie about uh, these uh, soccer kids that went into a cave in an afternoon. Have you seen that movie, guys? Yes, yes. That was powerful. Have you seen that movie? You uh, you got to see that. I've movie. read the story. I've not seen that movie. No, that that's oh. something though. So so uh, go go ahead, please. And so there are some parallels between that movie, that movie, and uh, what we did. For instance, with the the soccer players, they had to basically turn them into packages and move them oh. through the cave. And we yeah. kind of did the same thing with Abby the dog. We turned her into a package with a duffel bag and a blanket, and Gary and I moved her through the cave. And you know, and so trying not to re-injure her. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, but do, she was injured at the time. I mean, t- tell us what kind of shape she was in. I know she was 13 years old. So um, just dehydrated or was she, was she, you know, starving? What, what was the situation? She was absolutely starving. Absolutely. She had been there a very long time. She was just basically skin and bones. It was very sad to see. Uh, and I think I said to myself, or I may have said it out loud to Gary, uh, you poor thing. You've been through a lot. Uh, and Gary and I, while we were there initially, we were kind of quiet because we knew that the poor thing had suffered. She'd been there a long time. Wow. So uh, when when you were moving her out, as they did in the movie 13 Lives, they, they created the, each of these kids as a package that they had to actually uh, – Mark, you got to see the movie. It's just amazing. I, I won't tell you how they do it, did it, but – um, as you were moving it, like how fast, I mean, obviously your, your plan of attack for that day was, you know, came to a screeching halt because you now had to take care of this dog. How long did it take to get, you said you were 20 minutes in, did it take more than that to get her out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it as Rick said, we were treating her very carefully, uh, with kid gloves. It, it took us probably an hour at least to move her out, uh, just to make sure she didn't get re-injured. Uh, to keep her dry uh, when you're climbing up that corkscrew. Uh, you know, I was in front, Rook was behind. He would hand her up to me. 
I would balance her on a ledge somewhere and, and you know, just lean into her and make sure she was fine. Rick would come up, come up, take over. I'd move up, and then we'd just continue hand over hand getting her up to where she needed to go. Wow. That's so cool. How big a dog was she? Was she, I mean, is she a Yorkie or is she a Lab or a Mastiff or something? She's, um, she's a Labradoodle. Yeah. Yeah. So um, pretty, good, pretty good size. Estimated to be 45 to 50 pounds before she went in and 20 to 25 pounds when we picked her up. Wow. So how did you, once you got her out, how did you go about finding the owner? And, and the re, tell us about that in, uh, in the reunion. Well, we had found her in the cave. I went out uh, to try to set up a rescue. And as I would contact some cavers, because all the cavers were in the cave, so that was part of the problem. Uh, as I was waiting for cavers to arrive, I had some time and had gone down uh, the county road and started knocking on some doors. And uh, one of the neighbors there was willing to uh, come to the rescue and, and start texting his neighbors and found out, and he found the owner for us. So he's the real hero wow. of this. Uh, so by the time we got out, the owner, Jeff, had left his phone number for us to contact him uh, so that we could then reunite them. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so let's let's generally talk about caves because again, like I said, I've been to Merrimack Caverns in Minnesota. I went to a cave, you know, as a, as an attraction. But um, uh, do do people? I mean, it, uh, there's a lot of caves in this area, guys. Uh, either one of you, um, just some basic safety for people that you know, like going like Huckleberry Finn and into a cave and just hanging out and doing stuff. Uh, what's what's some good advice for people? Well, I'm not sure I would recommend it uh, if you've not oh, got okay. any experience. Um, I think probably the best way to go about it is to uh, look for a, a local club. They're called grottos who can give you experience. Of course, whenever we go into caves, we have at least three sources of light, a hard helmet, gloves, hiking boots, knee pads. And we always tell somebody where we're going when we intend to be out. Always. And have either one of you been lost yourself? Well, let, let me further elaborate on what Rick said there. Along those lines, uh, the, the CMO Grotto here in Perryville has partnered with the city of Perryville, and we actually offer introduction to wild caving classes for the general public. Oh, so if somebody wants to get into caving, work through the city of Perryville for the park center, and you can take one of our classes. We'll get you into a wild cave and if it's something you like, we'll bring you into the hobby. Yeah, and you guys do uh, personal, you, you escort people as well. Do so you take tours of people in? Well, that's the whole point of the class is we have a, a one-night class, and then the next following Saturday we actually go into yeah. a wild cave. Well, nice. Well, listen, uh, what do we know about how Abby's doing these days? Can you give us an update? Have either of you checked on her lately? Uh, yeah, I've checked on her after week one. After week two, she's doing well. She's recovering. It is a slow process. She is still very frail, but she's making a comeback. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks to both of you guys for uh, what you guys did. That's fantastic. Um, uh, just real quick, uh, uh, have you guys uh, scuba dived in the Bon Terre Cave? I've always wanted to do that, not that I'm certified, but I've always thought, man, that would be such a cool thing to do. I have not. I'd like to. I have not. <laughs> Neither have I. Mark. No. Mark, are you a caver? No. no. I, I've been in caves <laughs> like you. 
Uh, they used okay. to have one down here at Beaumont Boy Scout Camp called Mud Cave, and you you could you could go in there uh, just into the first uh, I don't know probably forty or fifty feet of it. Uh, but that's that's about the extent of it. This is such a great story, guys. Uh, Rick, uh, Gary, thank you both for sharing that with us today, and uh, just such a great success story that that Abby, the thirteen year old dog, was recovered and is is doing better now. We're glad to hear it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be yeah. safe. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. Uh, and, you know, I mean, my, my golden retriever's 11, and I, I don't know. I mean, I suspect she would hang in there for a while. That dog might have been in there for weeks. I mean, they, they yeah. I <laughs> they, mean, that's they had crazy. Water. The dog had water, but no food. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Wow. But, hey, they got mm-hmm. the guys who know what they were doing got them out. Fantastic. Yeah, divine intervention. I think it's cool. You know, uh, down in Jeff County, there's a place called, I think they call it Crystal Cave, where they used to have some bands play and stuff. Have I guess, Mark, have, have you ever been over there? I have not, no. They do pontoon rides, or they used to do pontoon rides and stuff. It was, it was. I don't know, it was just one of these, the coolest thing, but they used to do like rock, con- I mean, maybe Sammy Hagar played there. I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, they, 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 no, they had some pretty good, pretty big names there. I did, I did go to the... Um, to the cave, the cavern that's under uh, uh, Silver Dollar City. Have you been to that, either of you? No. That's pretty cool. Most people go there for the ride, but when, you, when you're right at the front of the park, uh, you'll see the signs for it, and there's a huge cave right under the mouth of Silver Dollar City in Branson. And you can take a walking tour through it. You pay a couple by, I don't know what, what it is, but you can take a walking tour through it, and they warn you, you know, to kind of steep steps and all this, and you get down, and it's pretty cool. I've been to a wedding at Merrimack Caverns. Yeah, those are nice. Ooh, but yeah. how yeah. far? How far deep into into it were you? How many minutes? Uh, <laughs> I think it's only like three minutes because it's right near the front. It's <laughs> yeah. a, it's a huge. <laughs> It's a huge room that they have the weddings. Uh, biggest disappointment of my life is dr- used to drive to to Florida from Ohio all the time when I was growing up, and of course I've driven there many times from here. And I lived in South Carolina, so I've been across I seventy five and I forty, and all over that all over the area down there. You see signs for Sea Rock City, Sea Ruby Falls. You see those on the side of the of the road on barns. They they would paint them on the roofs of barns. See Ruby Falls. See see Rock City. And it's down in Chattanooga. And mm-hmm. we finally stopped one day. Uh, my dad <laughs> my dad didn't want to go in, so my mom went in with me. And it was a huge tourist trap. And what a <laughs> ripoff and a waste of money. Uh, but, oh no! But I can say that I did see Ruby Fall, uh, and, and I did see Rock City. And it wasn't very impressive. I just well, have to tell you. At least in the area, we've got we've got two of them. We've got Merrimack Caverns and Onondaga. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and, and yeah. so so we're definitely we we fall into the spelunker category, don't we? Yep. Uh, I guess, I guess. That's like snipe hunting, (laughs) which, by the way, it is season. Uh, But again, recommend 13 Lives. It's an Amazon original movie. Fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of uh, subtext you got to read, but uh, it is really, really, really good. Sounds good. That was the national, that was the worldwide story about those kids in Thailand. I remember reading, uh, somebody wrote a book on it. Uh, Brian Kilmeade had him on his show one time, 
And uh, I picked up the book and read it. So I, I've read a little bit about it. I just haven't uh, seen the movie. Hey, coming Amazing. up coming up on the Second Amendment Radio here, we'll start talking about the great outdoors. How about that? Uh, <laughs> in a different, not, not inside of a cave, but outside of a cave, where you can uh, get involved in a fishing derby for your kids that's coming up. Uh, and you want to get scheduled for it and registered. And we're going to give you all the details when we come back in just a minute. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox in here along with uh, Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. And we are talking outdoor stuff right now because I'll tell you what, man. My favorite memory, one of my favorite memories as a child, one of my most memorable times was going to a youth fishing derby. And uh, thanks to my uncle who went there with us because my dad was out of town. Uh, and I caught the biggest trout out of this pool that they had set up. And I won a big fancy tackle box and I thought I was it. I was the big fish, Bo Matthews, when I did that. <laughs> and that's how you got your nickname That's up there. how I got my CB radio nickname, Big Fish, because I caught the <laughs> biggest fish there at the fishing derby. But those are the kinds of things you can get a kid hooked on fishing, because once you oh. had, had that taste of success, <laughs> you like that, right? Uh, we got Captain uh, Daryl Balladier with us this morning. He is with the Washington, Missouri Police Department, but uh, maybe more importantly here, he's chairman of the 21st Annual Youth Fishing Derby out in Washington uh, coming up in September. Captain, welcome into the show. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. So uh, tell us, uh, you've been doing this a long time, haven't you? Well, yes, I have. Uh, (laughs) Well, the Elks have on their own, and then I've been doing it for um, several years as assistant chairman, and now I've been the chairman last four or five years. Love that. With a long-running uh, fishing derby like this, it's get, it's got some history, and we uh, we want to put out there it is on Saturday, September seventeenth. And you're, you may be thinking, well, why are we talking about it now? You do have a deadline for sign up, so I de- I definitely want to get that out uh, at the front of the uh, conversation here, just to let people know who's invited and when they have to get registered. It's uh, everyone's invited. Uh, it's a youth fishing derby, obviously, so ages are six to fourteen. Um, the deadline to register is next week. Um, it says by August 31st, but we'll probably take them until next Friday. Um, we don't want to turn anybody away that we, that we <laughs> can keep, you know? It, so. Yeah. And how many, how many people do you get go, coming out to this in the years past? Um, we average around 100 children. Um, we've had up to 150. Um, there's been a year or two where the weather didn't really cooperate. We were as low as 75, so. Well, wow. the lake's big enough. We can we can accommodate to two fifty. So nice, and you know maybe a little unusual uh, for those of us familiar with some of the derbies that they set up, and they've they've got fish in you know pools and stuff that the kids can dip a line in and try to catch. Uh, this is actually in in Washington Lions Lake, correct? That is correct, City Park. Oh, nice. This is the first year the Washington Parks and Recreation are actually hosting the event. 
and the uh, Washington Elks Lodge and the Lions Club are, are the main sponsors of the event. Captain, uh, this is the lake that is right next to the fairgrounds, right, for the Washington Town and Country Fair? That is correct. And and that is one of the premier fairs around. So if anybody from the area uh, in the St. Louis metro area has been out to the Washington Town and Country Fair, that's where we're talking about, that beautiful lake that lays out there. Is this available and open to anybody that's listening, uh, or do you necessarily have to be within your county or, or the city of Washington? No, sir, it's open to everyone. We don't we don't check addresses or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> what, and, okay. and what, what do the kids need to bring? Um, just a fishing pole and, um, some tackle. Uh, we provide the worms. Um, we'll have, uh, uh, volunteers walking around helping. Um, parents are welcome to come. We do ask one parent for every two children. Yeah. Or a guardian. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the, the fishing out there. Do you guys, do they stock the lake? I mean, because obviously you want the kids to have some success. What, what are they pulling out of there? Bluegill, uh, crappie? What, what are they fishing for? There's, well, the lake is normally stocked, uh, with, with, uh, bass, bluegill and catfish. Okay. Um, uh, for this, for this, if there are some wall or crappie in there, um, that people have put in there over the years. But for this event, the the Elks pay to have this lake stocked every year prior to the event. Sweet. That's great. Yeah, That's use, great. Uh, and uh, uh, I w- I, I, uh, yeah, oh, and they do a great job. They really do. Um, and you said how long you've been involved with this uh, this fishing derby yourself? Oh, I shoot. I started assisting, well, when my son was old enough to, to start fishing in the derby. That's how I got involved. Um, so at, at least 10 years. Oh, that's Oh, fantastic. wow. And is he, has gr- he grown up and, and gone now? Well, he's still here. He, he's still, he's still running around my house. So he's in high school now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we appreciate your service to the community. I do want to point out that the Washington police department is one place you can get the registration forms, uh, city hall there, uh, the parks department, uh, Washington Elks, American Legion, or the VFW. Everybody's involved in this thing. It sounds like a, a great event, September 17th. Yes, it, it, it is. It, we've grown, and it used to be back in the day, it was only the Elks, and we've expanded. Like I said, we've got the City Parks and Recreation on board. Um, the Lions have been helping us for the last few years. And then the Legion and the VFW, they came on as financial supporters no, maybe five years ago. Oh, nice! But you can also sign up online at Eventbrite. So if you if you go to Eventbrite dot com and search for Kids Fishing Derby, I'm sure you can find it that way as well. Uh, just know that the technical deadline is the 31st, and but they may take them uh, through the end of next week. Get the kids signed up. They're going to get they're going to get some hot dogs and some lunch at some point, and it just looks like a fantastic effort, uh, Captain. We really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, hopefully you get the kids out there. They have a great turnout. Uh, we're getting to that point in the year when your your weather is uh, better than ever. Uh, Bo, you got anything else? Uh, no, I know. I just think it's fantastic. Uh, there was there was a guy. I, I, I want to give a shout out because there's this old guy, two dollar Don. He used to go by, and he used to be in all these fishing derbies. And man, he just the adults got so excited about getting <laughs> kids out, you know, out of the basement, off the iPad, and off the computers, and especially with them, you know, going back to school. This is going to be a great way to get them out of the house. September seventeenth. Again, the deadline is next week, and uh, it says on the uh, the website, designate your child's shirt size. 
on the form because uh, I guess they may be able to walk away with a shirt, right? Yes, sir. Every, every child will get a T-shirt. Um, we'll have the logo and, and sponsors on the back, logo on the front. Um, there will also be attendance prizes, um, and we give medals out for three different age groups, first through third place, and also yeah. largest fish and most fish. Nice. The biggest fish, the big fish. Um, that's you. Yeah, maybe maybe somebody will get lucky there, that's for sure. Uh, Captain uh, Balladeer, thank you so much, and thank you for your service as well. Well, thank you, and thanks for everything you do for first responders. Absolutely. happy, happy, Always happy to help out uh, here on, on on Second Amendment Radio and also on my own show uh, Monday through Friday. So uh, we appreciate you, sir, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank All right. You very much. Yeah, you take care. That that's great. I, I hope they uh, hope they get two hundred fifty people this year. Wouldn't that be great? Oh man, yeah. Just the just the publicity on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. How can it not? Right? It's going to push them over the top. Yeah, they may run. Oh out of yeah, space. let's hope so. Sign up soon. <laughs> that's going to be great. We want to thank Ashlyn, our assistant producer on Mark Cox Morning Show, for helping us get the captain on the air with us today because Bo found this and said we got to get him on, and so well, it's a yeah, team it effort, just, you Bo. Know, it, it, it takes a village. I've heard that. It takes a village. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to my childhood. I never got to do a fishing derby like this or a fishing tournament. Never, never. It was always me and my uncles, a case of beer and one soda pop out on the in the boat. That and you could it. have one a drink pop. of beer if you got it for them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Those were the let's days. Not th- huh? Let's not start yeah. that rumor. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, go drown some worms. Yeah, that's true. Uh, good luck with it. Uh, that's for sure. Thanks for listening to us on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Uh, until next week, uh, for Bo and Carl, I'm Mark Cox. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you around. See you, boys. at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.